Schmidt, Managing Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, brought to you by Iron Solutions, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC talks with Corey Bougeau of Dot Technologies. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'd encourage you to subscribe via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each upcoming episode is released. Before we turn things over to Casey, a quick word from Iron Solutions, who's making this podcast a reality. Iron Solutions provides dealers with an array of lifecycle management services that drive sales and profits. Their Iron Search and Iron Guides are all about managing your dealership more efficiently and profitably. While Iron Search allows you to directly showcase your equipment online to a wider universe of buyers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com today. Casey and Corey start things off talking about dot technology's formation and how technology has evolved into autonomy. Today, my guest is Corey Bosho, and he's the marketing and communication director for Dot Technology. And Dot is one of those companies that I think is absolutely amazing what they've done. I've done some research on them in, on their website, and their website is c.run.com. Basically, it's the future of ag, man. It's robotics. It's autonomous vehicles. I'm really looking forward to see where this goes. So, Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, and thank you for those kind words and your excitement. We're excited, too. Well, Corey, give me a little background on, on how the company developed and what some of the driving factors for the technology you guys are developing. Well, my family's been involved in the ag industry since the early 90s. My father's a designer, engineer, and a farmer. We're based in Regina, Saskatchewan, and we farm just southeast of here in a small town. Since the early 90s, we've been engaged in the industry through developing seeding technology. So terrain following hydraulically engaged openers with a seed knife, a fertilizer knife, and a trailing packer tire range from 20 to 100 feet. But the majority of the implements we manufacture are in that 70 to 100 foot size range. And then we develop seed metering technology specifically to help handle the seed gently and very, very precisely for these large implements. The crops that we focused on with the Seedmaster side of things are specifically canola. Canola is a very big crop in Western Canada and a very important crop for farmers, uh, our farm included. And we wanted to really refine the metering process for that stuff. And then we've developed another bulk metering scenario too that called the Novacart, which is a tow behind or tow between big air delivery system for, for product seed and fertilizer. And um, so my dad wanted to slide out of the running of the business in some capacity and wanted to really focus his energies on specifically just designing and new ideas, refining the technology and that kind of thing. And so with that, he's been fortunate enough to be able to buy a house for himself down in Mexico. And he spends a large portion of the winter there. Up here in Regina, it gets really, really cold <laughs> during the winter months. That's and, an understatement, uh, isn't it? So he's, He's able to get away, which is great. That was part of his retirement plan to slide out of the business and to spend time in Mexico and to focus on design. So uh, about four years ago, three and a half, four years ago, he started trying to figure out what his next project was going to be. He feels very comfortable and very confident in the seeding technology we've developed and wanted to take a stab at autonomy and trying to figure out how that could all look and how it could benefit farmers and our own farm. As he started going down the road of autonomy, he realized there, were, there was a lot of sort of inefficiencies with the current tractor-centric model that he wanted to see what he could do by developing a, an alternative power platform, essentially a source of horsepower for powering a variety of implements. And he um, developed it 
do be very friendly to a, a number of other kind of applications. Initially, our first offering was the seating technology, and then we developed a few other pieces to go on this uniquely shaped power platform, horsepower source, and we developed a roller, a sprayer, uh, and a harvest cart as well. We just wanted to take a stab at what the future of ag could look like if we changed the machine shape of what horsepower looks like and thought about autonomy, basically. That's where it all came together, and that's how we landed up with this this open-ended U-shaped power platform. And what we're doing now is working with a number of other implement manufacturers to develop their technology to be dot-ready, essentially. Because it is a weird power platform, it's not your typical hitch and pin and drop it in the back of the tractors and pull and go. It's about mounting a technology onto a different type of power platform, basically. Yeah. So I've looked on your website and I've noticed that the very thing you're talking about, that horsepower platform that you like you, like you refer to it, yep. it just integrates into the cedar, I think is what it was want is what the video I watched on your internet. That was the cool thing. I mean, it showed it coming out of the barn, driving out to the yard, hooked up to the machine and then took off and was out planting whatever it was planting out there. So well here's a question I have for you, and this is something that I think about a lot. So on a previous podcast, me and my co host were talking about this and you know, we've talked about how much bigger can machinery get, right? Right. And we kind of feel like, I don't know, we feel like we don't know how much more big it can get because, quite frankly, if it gets any bigger, you're going to have to start taking multiple trucks to move one piece of equipment around wherever right. it goes. So then that, that, there's some feasibility issues that come with that. My anticipation of autonomy and how that's going to work with equipment is that as robots and autonomous vehicles start kind of taking over the ag landscape, I guess, for lack of a better term, Machinery mm-hmm. is going to get smaller. Yep. And that's going, and you have multiple units running in the same field doing the same job. Uh, maybe like your planter, for example, uh, the cedar that you had, that looked like to me that might have been, I'm guessing, somewhere around 25, 30 feet wide. Is that about right? Yeah, that's right. That implement is 30 feet wide. Yeah. Okay. So in that particular instance, you might have two or three of those running around in one bigger field and, and kind of doing that stuff. So do you kind of see that direction kind of going that same way or, or how do you see that kind of working together? Yeah, absolutely. I think that maybe in a handful of years time, that will be the case. Like a lot of farmers that are purchasing this or are in line to purchase this are seeing it in a couple of different ways. Like, so some of them are small guys that only have like 3000 acres or whatever. And they feel like one would be able to do a lot of the, the operation of the farm, of the seeding, of the rolling, of the spraying, that kind of thing. And then other guys are much, much larger farmers, as is the norm in Western Canada. And they've already sunk a bunch of money into a 70, 80, 100 foot machine that they still want to get some value out of. But they're interested in DOT to initially just seed the sketchy areas of the field or the irregularly shaped areas of the field and square it off so that they can go in with their 80 footer and clean up the field, finish up the field quickly and efficiently without having to go into the nooks and crannies of things. Mm -hmm. I think that's a starting point. And I think there are a lot of farmers that are very interested in a swarm kind of mentality with these smaller implements. It is smaller. That's the one thing that people notice, that it's definitely different than what we're typically used to seeing in the field here in Western Canada and the Northern US. But it is something that people's people are tuned into in a pretty positive way i would say yeah so that particular unit the cedar that you had out there do do you have the technology to where you can have a 
autonomous tender as well, you know, like a fertilizer tender with some with a seed tender as well, or you still work that particular unit? We are working on it, and I, I think we're going to be having some of that ready for the market in, in a sort of a beta version later this fall, through this growing season, basically. We've really ramped up our team here in a different way by hiring a whole bunch of programming software engineers and uh, software developers and all that kind of stuff. And we're working with an outside company, Raven Industries out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. They're pretty big players in the world of automated spraying technology and, and uh, electronics and field computers and all that kind of thing. So jointly, we're, we're developing the technology to move to a place where we would be having like a tender that would be like a, a nursing system basically for seeding implements or harvesting operations as well, taking the product from the combine to the storage facility and that kind of thing. So there's a bunch of stuff that we got to do in that space as far as machine-to-machine communication and, and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's all in the works right now for sure. So this this is not a new trend. This is something that's been out there for a long time, and I think a lot of it was just kind of the, the cool factor that's been driving it. But now I think the trend, in my opinion, that has shifted because of on-farm labor has become such an issue across the... Huge issue. So yeah. do you see that as a driving factor for, for the guys that you're talking with, the, the particular farmers that are lined up that maybe don't have someone coming back to the farm, but they're a smaller farmer, but they can't necessarily afford to, to hire someone or they're a big farmer and they can't find enough hands to go out and work the fields? Absolutely. When I spoke about autonomy initially, that's the big driver behind what we're doing here. Getting access to skilled labor consistently throughout every growing season or throughout different portions of the growing season is increasingly challenging for many of these large farmers. It's a big part of the customer base that we serve with Seedmaster. And usually the, the bigger machines, they do a great job and we, we've been a part of that movement to massive machines. But I think that there are definitely better ways to do things by going with the smaller unit. But also a lot of the stuff that we're doing in those massive machines, we're, we're already, I would argue, semi-autonomous in what we're doing there with respect to the computers that are in the field, uh, the cab of the tractor, the operator can be in there and the field manager or the, the farmer owner can log into those machines and see what's going on and adjust rates and make sure everything's the way it should be. So we're already part way down that path to autonomy. And, you know, obviously GPS, you don't, there's a lot of hands-free activities that are going on in various operations. To speak to the, to the smaller farmer, there's a lot of new opportunities with respect to DOT and what it can bring to these smaller operations. Because these guys with the massive farms that have grown together throughout the last decade or more, a lot of farmers want to still hold on to their land and want to maintain a connection to the land. But oftentimes with the movement to these massive machines, it's difficult for a smaller sized farmer, a modestly sized farmer to access current technology that isn't well used. And I know the used market's a big problem and a big pinch point in the industry and it affects farmers and dealers and manufacturers alike in various ways. But this movement to autonomy and standardizing the sizes of some of these machines can really help to make some of those pinch points start to melt away a little bit. But the human resource thing is a huge thing. We've got a lot of following with DOT in other areas of the world where that same pressure exists. Throughout Australia, we've got a lot lot of following and a lot of interesting farmers that want to have DOT on their farm as well for the same kind of reasons, you know. Try to plant as much crop as possible in a small window of time 
and we grow the machines big, but we need skilled operators to be able to do those things. And they're massive machines that are extraordinarily expensive and very sensitive and obviously durable, but you know, you don't want to mess around with electronics too much. And we want to make sure that the right person is in the cab of the tractor to be able to tend to that. So by making it autonomous, an operator can be doing a variety of things remotely while the machines are rolling around the field. We'll get back to Casey and Corey in a moment, but first a quick word from the company who made this podcast possible. Iron Solutions has deep roots in the ag industry with products for producers, dealers, manufacturers, ag retailers, and service providers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com to see solutions that streamline your operations, improve productivity, reduce costs, and speed your growth. Casey and Corey started their conversation discussing the early iterations of autonomous technology for agriculture. They also touched on how we're likely to start to see farm implements getting smaller rather than larger like we've seen in recent years, and farmers' interest in swarm technology. Now here's Casey with a quick message about moving iron. Hello, I'm Casey Seymour, and I want to thank Farm Equipment Magazine for partnering with me to bring you the Farm Equipment Podcast Series, Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmap. The podcasts are taken from my weekly podcast, Moving Iron Podcast. Moving Iron Podcast is a podcast designed for ag equipment dealers by ag equipment dealers. The weekly podcast focuses on current events and trends across the ag equipment marketplace in North America. Along with dealers, I interview the biggest names in the ag industry. Chip Nellinger of Blue Reef Aga Marketing is a regular guest talking about commodity markets and risk management. You can also hear guests like Greg Machinery Pete Peterson and Tyne Morgan of the U.S. Farm Report. If you are in the ag equipment business or have an interest in the ag equipment business, this is a must listen for you. You can find the podcast at movingironllc.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. Also at movingironllc.com, you can find information on the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcast, and articles from the Moving Iron blog. Throughout the year, there will be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, or you can find me on LinkedIn. And if you would like, you can send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out. Thanks, Casey. Let's get back to the program now and listen in as Casey and Corey talk about how the labor shortage will contribute to the adoption of autonomous technology. They also speculate on when we might start to see autonomous equipment coming in on trade at dealerships. Yeah, so you've seen you've seen some leaders follow our technology and those kind of things where you'll have one machine controlling two type of deal and, and they're trying to coexist with each other out there and, and their combine's running and takes control of the grain cart tractor and it's you know moving it forward and back and doing those kind of things. One of the biggest things that I've noticed here late of equipment is that the technology has kind of taken the operator out of the picture in some cases. Take, for example, like the, like the John Deere combine, the new one, the mm-hmm. 700 series combine. There's a lot of artificial intelligence, AI intelligence inside that machine that is, you know, cameras and stuff that are looking at the debris rates and looking at the amount of loss and those kind of things and, and kind of tracking all that stuff as it goes through there and it automatically adjusts the machine as it goes without having to have a lot of people stop and adjust and do this, that, and the other thing. So to your point with the operator thing, the skilled operator deal, there's getting to be less and less people out there that are coming back to the farm or mm-hmm. understand how to run this stuff. And, and these machines are really just kind of starting to just do it for them. And I, I think yep. that's, a, again, back to the labor issue. It's just throwing, you can put anybody in the cab now and they can pretty much just, they have to steer it. 
when they have to, when the machine's not yep. doing the form. Generally speaking, I think farmers are pretty, very adept at adapting to new technology. I think just based on a necessity. And I think that's some of the stuff that you're, you're speaking to there is like this evolution of the technology and the adoption of that, that technology. We're kind of ahead of the curve as farmers when you compare ourselves to the rest of the world. And the general public population doesn't necessarily identify farmers as being industry leaders in that way, but we definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big misconception of the farmer and how much technology they actually use out there. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything they touch is just got so much technology in it that I mean, there's rarely, I bet there's not another industry that's, that is involved in technology as agriculture is. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Unless you're launching rockets into space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All those kind of things. But like in the general space, yeah, we got it cased. So let's take a look at the next five years. So I have a bet with a guy I work with here that in five years I'll be evaluating. Not only will I be evaluating, but we'll be taking it on trade, our first fully autonomous vehicle. And right. I feel like I'm I'm going to win that bet, and I bring it up every time we get there. So what's your feel yeah. for the next five years, and, and how do you see the technology like that you're laying down? How, how do you see that playing into that five-year scope? I don't have a crystal ball, but I feel like – Farmers around the world are ready for this kind of technology. You know, if you look at the way that the automotive world and how quickly that changed the landscape in downtown New York, for example, or any other place in the world, how quickly we transitioned from horse-drawn carriage or horse-powered movement of people to car-related movement of people, like that was a very, very transition. I think that we have to be ready for a, a big shift. I feel like what we're doing and what other people are doing in the autonomous space there's a lot of stuff that farmers can start to look at to move into that space really fairly quickly. With DOT, we have a lot of pieces moving forward where we're, again, discussing uh, collaboration with a bunch of other implement partners around the world, literally, to develop their technology to be DOT ready. So I think that if we can continue those conversations with those manufacturers, forge relationships and, and develop their technology collaboratively, It'll be kind of a snowball effect, I believe, where when a crop sprayer gets aligned with this technology and the farmer starts thinking about, you know, I don't like spreading manure, for example, or I don't like harrowing my fields, or wouldn't it be cool if my vineyard would be able to be manicured through autonomous functionality as opposed to hiring folks to do that? I think that once that conversation starts and those little seeds get planted, there's going to be a pretty big groundswell of, of movement towards autonomy that's it won't be able to be stopped in my mind. So a lot of our work that we're doing with DOT are, is focusing on legislative bodies and understanding the, the legal and safety concerns of various jurisdictions and, and that kind of thing. From our perspective, we're focusing in Western Canada uh, predominantly initially. We've launched a deposit program for dot power platforms, I don't know, a month and a half or so ago. And we were kind of, we were shocked, uh, not kind of, very shocked with the response and from very far reaches of the world. So we have deposits throughout Australia, the United States, Eastern and Western Canada, uh, Eastern and Western Europe, and uh, over into the CIS and Ukraine and Siberian regions. So I think that even if, you know, we're just a little player, (laughs) we're not going to take over the world by any means, but I just think that even with this little player that we are and the the pulse that we've been able to put our finger on, we're very excited about where autonomy is going to go within the egg space for sure. You're taking deposits now. So I'm assuming that this spring 
or this fall, you'll be introducing your product line for sale? Yeah, that's right. So this current seeding season here in Western Canada, it starts about now. And uh, we've got uh, a couple that are going to be moving around the field. It's going to be small for the first for this first year. Where our goal is to have uh, four to six dots uh, operating throughout the growing season in various ways for the 2018 growing season. And then we've launched a deposit program. And I think, again, we're going to try and remain tight to the market that's close to us here in Regina, Saskatchewan, a couple hundred miles away from, from our office here to be able to work very closely with those farmers. And um, yeah, so the deposits, a farmer is able to sign up at c.run.com to secure a spot for themselves in the next four years of production. So 19, 20, 21, and 22 there are, uh, like I said, a number of farmers from around the world that have chosen spots for themselves uh, in those four years of production, basically. And that's just, a, you know, the, the tip of things right now. We haven't really done any marketing, per se, uh, or promotion of the product outside of two major events. In major for Western Canada, we have a, a growing but a phenomenal regional farm show called uh, Western Canada's Outdoor Farm Show, Ag in Motion. It's in uh, Saskatoon or just outside of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. A great event. We launched it there last year uh, in July and we'll be taking it back there again this July. And we took the concept to, and a couple of other things, like we have our research farm where we did a demonstration and that kind of thing, which is always really valuable. But we took it to the world stage, uh, Agritechnica uh, is a massive event that happens every two years in Hanover, Germany. And we brought the concept there and we didn't, we weren't able to bring the, the full machine. And uh, we had overwhelmingly positive response from literally around the world in, at that show. From farmers to researchers to other manufacturers, people that are involved in fringe uh, ag activity, um, agroforestry, vineyards, it, the list goes on and on. So. Outside of those two or three events, we haven't really done much to promote it. And I think that the response that we've seen from the deposit program says, if we put a little bit of gas on that fire, uh, we need to ramp up our product and our whole lineup of, of implements pretty quickly. But having said that, a key part of the success of DOT is the collaboration with these other implement manufacturers. So, like I said, we manufacture a, a harvest card, a roller and a sprayer, a modestly sized sprayer and a cedar. We currently have uh, one other manufacturer signed on in the last um, couple of months. They are Pattison Liquid Systems out of Lemberg, Saskatchewan, a manufacturer of uh, liquid fertilizer applications. And they're developing a 120 foot um, sprayer and a, I believe it's a 40 foot coulter side dresser applicator for corn crop. And um, so they, they're the, the first one to sign on, but we're talking with fertilizer spreaders and tender manufacturers and uh, manure spreaders and harrow bar manufacturers and a, a variety of other people as well. Sounds like to me to be taking the world over here before too long. So <laughs> I don't know if we can say that uh, really loudly. I, I mean, you can hope, but there's a heck of a lot of work between then and now in order to get things rolling. And got a strong and growing team here at DOT that are really focused on making it as successful as it can be and bringing as much value to the farmer as possible. That's our main goal here is to, to make farming as uh, profitable as possible, as easy as possible from that human resource side of things and, and to help to grow the farm economy and the farm ecology. So Right on. 
Well, I think we've covered it for this edition, uh, Corey. Do you have any Great. final words you'd like to throw out there before we before we shut it down? We're just really excited to be up doing what we're doing. And again, we're, we're farmers first, so we, we don't do anything without wearing our farmer hat solidly uh, through, throughout the development phase of things. We're not coming at it as a venture capital kind of operation where there's a, a startup idea that's got a bunch of money put behind it. We're dedicated to, you know, advancing farm technology. That's, that's what we're all about. And if people want to learn more, the, the website's a great spot to go. And we've got a little spot to sign up for email notifications as things evolve. And that's our main vehicle for uh, promoting the product at this point. And we've got a very active Twitter feed as well, um, c.run is the Twitter handle and people can check in there and find out more about what we're doing. Yeah. That's where I found you. I was on Twitter. So that was yeah, uh, that's critical. Cool. So the website is c.run.com, correct? That's correct. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Well, Corey, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Casey. It's been a, been a pleasure. Thanks Casey and Corey. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels, including an Ask the Expert feature on our website, where you can ask him your questions directly. Check it out at farm-equipment.com backslash askthexpert. Thanks once again to Iron Solutions for sponsoring this series. Iron Solutions provides dealers like you with an array of lifecycle management services that drive sales and profits. The Iron Search and Iron Guide suite of solutions is all about managing each dealership more efficiently and profitably, while Iron Search allows you to directly showcase your used equipment online to a wider universe of buyers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com today. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. You can also keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. We hope you'll tune in with us for our next episode on June 7th. For Casey and Corey, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.